amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hey there, Beverly Hills 90210 fans. It's now time to dive deep into an episode-by-episode, character-by-character, song-by-song account of the making of your favorite zip code. So sit back and relax because it's like totally time for the Beverly Hills 90210 show. I'm with Joel Fagenbaum. Uh, you directed uh, the episode season eight. Um, Making Amends was the title of the episode. Uh, I'm curious, Joel, how did you come into the world of Beverly Hills 90210? I think this is the first episode you had directed for, for that show, right? Yeah, but I had been at Spelling for since 92. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, r- uh, wrote and produced for Aaron. And... Uh, and then started directing some stuff also. So had you worked on 90210 prior to in any capacity or not, not yet? Um, no, I, you know, but Aaron had like, when I went there in 92, I started, uh, I wrote and produced a show called Burke's Law, which was actually Aaron's um, uh, first thing that he produced in 1962-ish. Wow. Uh, it, it was his first producing job, and that was uh, Burke's Law, the original mm-hmm. Burke's Law. And then in 92, 93-ish, uh, I think it was 92, um, CBS wanted to redo it with Gene Barry, still as Amos Burke, and right. uh, the same exact premise. And so I had, uh, you know, I was brought in to uh, work with Jim Conway, who wrote uh, or rewrote the pilot. And away we went. And so that's, um, I had actually done one show with, uh, for Aaron in 87, a, a year of hotel as a writer, but not as a director. Um, and then once I went back in 92, I stayed with Aaron till the end of my, until I retired. So. What was it like working with Aaron? I mean, we've done some topics on that here before. Some, you know, there's always some really good stories about that. Uh, just a terrific man to work for, uh, knew everything about the business and was very generous in, in how much he let you, uh, do your thing creatively. And, uh, he was just a joy to work for ours. You know, it was a real honor to work for him. Loved him. So you get this opportunity, I guess, to direct this episode of season eight. The show is a little bit different. This is the eighth season of Beverly Hills 90210. Um, what's that like to walk into? Um, you know, I knew a lot of the auspices of the show, you know, working within that company, you met all the people, um, and, uh, both in front of and behind the camera and a lot of the crew I had worked with on other shows, either as a director or writer producer. Um, so it was very comfortable and all of Aaron's shows were like that. I did not only 90210, but Melrose and yeah. Seventh Heaven and Charm. So they're all people that I, you know, worked with going back to the beginning of my career, um, as far as behind the camera. And, uh, yeah, so it was, it was very easy and they were all very welcoming, both in front of and behind the camera. Well, first off, Jessica Alba is a part of this episode, making amends. 
Um, starting at this question, what was it like working with a young Jessica Alba at that time? Uh, she, it was really interesting. She she came. It was a tough role. I think it was a two-parter, and she, her she was first in this episode, and I believe there was a second one because um, the day we did that scene at her front door, um, I also I uh, stepped away for about two hours while another director came in and shot. I think what was a scene that ended up in the next episode, I never saw what they did because I went down the street and hung out at Guitar Center for a couple <laughs> hours. The house wasn't too far from there off the sunset. And, um, uh, but uh, casting her, you know, a lot of uh, 16, and she was, I believe, 16 at the time and the character was uh, a 16 year old. Mm -hmm. um, and she came in and her reading was, her audition was unbelievable. How she was light years beyond anybody else that came in to read for that part. And uh, I was just amazed at age 16, how good she was already. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was a relief because it was a tough, it was a tough role, even though it was relatively small in the show. You had to come in and immediately know who that character was. And, and she just nailed it, just nailed it. I also think that you nailed it, too, in terms of directing her. That is a tough scene. Uh, it is some tough stuff. She is walking into this world with uh, the, the big stars of that show, and that show is still a huge show then, and it's still a huge show now, but then it was obviously on TV and whatnot. Um, well, she says now on Hot Ones that, that she had a rule that said that she was not allowed to make eye contact with any of the main actors on the show had you ever heard that rule i had not i had not um but i'm not saying you know it's very possible somebody could have said that to her either seriously or not i can't imagine who who it would have been uh certainly wasn't one of the cast and i can't even imagine the only other people might have been uh an ad or maybe somebody in the makeup and hair trailer but i you know i i don't doubt that she heard that somehow, um, but it was, I certainly was never aware of it. You certainly never saw that on the set in any way. Yeah, I was going to ask you, well, you directed scenes with Jenny and Jessica. Was there anything like that? I'm sure it's doubtful. No. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. I mean, you know, to my knowledge, again, it, you know, like I said, I don't doubt that somebody said that to Jessica. If she says somebody, you know, somebody said that sure. to her. But it's, you know, you can look at the scenes and uh, she was just terrific in them. Um, that day I was talking about where we shot the exterior scene at that house. Um, I had lunch with her uh, when we broke for lunch. And she was talking, I think she, either that morning or that afternoon, she had, you know, said she needed, what time, she wanted to know what time she was going to be done because she had to go read for another audition. So mm. she was really starting to become well known uh, in, in Hollywood as far as a really talented actor. And um, no, I mean, just totally not aware of it. Everybody has sort of pointed this to maybe an AD. Is I mean, would an AD say something like that to Jessica? Doubtful, doubtful. I mean, like I say, I she may have heard that somehow. Who knows? It could have been maybe even before she ever came to 90210 when she was cast in the park. For all I know, some somebody else was messing with her. But to my knowledge, uh, that certainly wasn't a rule on the set by any means. Yeah, all I mean, of the, all of the regular cast was extremely friendly and and uh, and really open to the guest stars. I was going to ask you what it was like working with the group. I mean, you you know, they're they're superstars at this point. Uh, what was yeah. it like working with with Jenny? We'll start there, and I'll kind of go through the group. Yeah, very, all of them. You know, very easy. Uh, Luke actually was um, 
interesting in that in uh, flashback to 1990 when they were casting 90210, I was doing a series of Warner Brothers, a Western called Paradise. And it was, we were going into the third season and CBS wanted to shake it up a little bit and uh, bring in somebody younger. And uh, Luke came in to read for this part who would have been a regular on that series. Um, and as, and he was terrific reading for the part. He said he always wanted to do a Western. And it was another one of those instances where he said, uh, are we done? Cause I need to get over the hill. I'm going to read for some high school show next. Wow. He, and he, he was going over to read for Aaron that afternoon for 90210. And then he called the office after he finished that audition and wanted to know how he did with us. Cause he goes, I think I got this part, but I, I've always wanted to do a Western. Yeah, both Jim Conway and I, who were producing this other show uh, that David Jacobs had created called Paradise. Um, David was the creator of Dallas and Knots and stuff. So another yeah. lifetime so genius. Um, and so Luke goes, where am I on this? And uh, we couldn't make a decision that fast. And both Jim and I said to Luke, if you have a solid offer, just take it because we're probably a month away from making a decision. Yeah. And his show ran for 10 years. We were canceled at the end of that next <laughs> season we were casting. So Luke made a good choice there. For sure. Um, we just, you know, uh, sort of celebrated Luke yesterday. Um, I wanted to know what your what your experience was. You just told that beautiful story. Um, what was he like then? And Total pro, super talented, always prepared, a lot of fun to work with and really interesting as an actor. He, you know, I would obviously in my mind have a sense of what, a scene was going to be with his character and then he would come in and always elevate it well beyond the writing i thought he, he was a very very interesting actor yeah how about um on this in this thing you worked with tori a bunch too she's got some really heavy stuff i mean we always talk about on our show like tori's known for doing a lot of comedy but this is not comedy at all this is right. some heavy stuff that's happening and making amends what was it like to direct her through some of that Again, you know, she's, uh, I think, always been underrated, really came in prepared all the time. Um, and I think she, th these scenes came to her very easily. I don't remember there being a lot of uh, discussion about them. She knew her character better than anybody. And uh, on that show, they were, you know, by the eighth season, they all knew their characters so well. It was, it was, you know, if I had done my homework as far as what the setups were in the scene, they just came in and usually uh, went very quickly. I doubt we ever did more than two takes on any scene, mm. almost with any of the regulars, maybe a guest star would require three, but they were, they took the work very seriously. And yet, um, even on a, a heavy day like that day where we shot at a, a, a hospital downtown that was, I don't know whether the whole hospital was uh, empty uh, or whether, as far as the scenes in the ER and then in her recovery room, or whether it was a wing, but you know, you go in there and there's a lot of, you know, time that took just to set up production, those kind of days, because you're, you're moving a lot of equipment from trucks into the building. Right. And uh, we had a lot of work to do there between her arrival, you know, from the ambulance kind of stuff. And then the scenes in the waiting area and there, and, you know, they were all in tune with where they needed to be emotionally. And for her, I think, uh, Again, underrated as far as how good an actor she is. And she was always, always prepared. Never goes up in a line. Knows exactly where she needs to be. So that show in general, all of the actors, you know, my, it was one of the easier jobs uh, for me to do. 
And there are some great guest stars uh, that are working on the show at that point. Uh, Noah is Vincent Young, and um, Lindsay Price, I think, is finally getting in, in the mix there as Janet. Um, what was it like yeah. working with some of those other uh, guest stars? Uh, fun. I think, I'm not sure um, whether that was Vincent's, was it his second year on the show at that point? This is the first year. Yeah. First year. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was finding his character a little bit, but again, he he uh, he was prepared. I think um, there's an example of you had the very t- tight knit uh, group of the original yes. core group of actors. Um, so I imagine it was a bit intimidating if you were a regular coming in but still new to the bunch, um, because all of the core group made made the work look so easy. Right, uh, and it was you know for someone like me, it, would, you know, it was very easy. So. Um, uh, I imagine, but he was, you know, he always made sure because they all came in prepared, uh, you know, he worked hard uh, to try and keep up with them. Yeah. Um, you've watched this episode maybe, what, how long? I just watched it right before uh, yeah. 22 years ago. Right. So, I'm uh, sure you I, haven't I, seen I, it I, I was surprised how much work, uh, how much location work there was. I mean, the scene that opens the show we shot on the last day, which was Vince in the, uh, in the Jeep going to the, uh, emergency room and we actually shot that on sunset on a Friday night at like nine o'clock at night in the LAPD somehow we got a permit and we we went down uh, Sunset Boulevard for about an hour um, I think there was a little more originally than what ended up in the show that we shot but yeah we, we, can you imagine now in 2020 having Sunset Boulevard from nine to ten no. o'clock at night um, on a Friday <laughs> right so, exactly so it that was that was a you know a, a tough day but a fun day do you have any other specific memories from shooting that episode? Um, well, I remember that day was ambitious. Uh, uh, I was very aware that I had to be done at a certain time in, at uh, the scene at the house because another director needed to come in and shoot that other scene with Jessica Alba. Yeah. Um, but then I was hoping that they wouldn't be too long because we wanted to rehearse that run down Sunset Boulevard um, uh, in daylight before we shot it at, at, at night. Uh, but other that was an ambitious day. I'm trying to think of other things that uh, were uh, interesting or fun. I, I, I and also that day that scene where uh, Ian is waiting to finally meet the girl that had been writing those letters. Yes, that was actually literally across the street from the house that we shot uh, uh, Jessica's scene, and it was just another that front of that really wasn't. I believe it was a house and not a restaurant, and we were able to dress it so wow. that we didn't have to make a set move. And then we went from that scene at night to Sunset Boulevard to end with Vince going down Sunset that night. So that day we shot the scene with Jason and the bandmate that got kicked out of the yeah. band in that alley where you saw that really cool mural behind him, that little walk talk. That was shot along Sunset Boulevard that day, kind of near Guitar Center. Um, and... Uh, what else? Anyway, it was a really ambitious. The scenes at the Jessica Alba's house, that night scene, and I believe one other scene. So it was. We were in a lot of places that day with a lot of different uh, set moves. Um, mm. But I believe we based around the house. So that was a memorable day. Yeah. Uh, I also remember when we were scouting hospitals, uh, and it was probably wintertime, January, February. The show aired in, I don't know, maybe I don't know, April, maybe. I'm not sure when yeah. it first aired, but. That means we probably were shooting in February back then because we shot that show on film and probably had six weeks of lead time. Uh, by the time you know post production was a little slower back then. 
mm. um, than the digital world that we're in now. Um, but we scouted uh, hospitals, uh, picked that hospital downtown, and then the day of a location scout every, you know, it takes seven days to shoot one of these shows. And on your second uh, to last day, usually you'll go out and do a tech scout with all the department heads. And we went back to that hospital so I could show the, you know, the camera people and the electrical and, and sound where we would be shooting. And um, the guys from South Park actually had those hallways uh, shooting basketball, if you remember that. Oh, yeah, that's a great movie. I love that one. Yeah. So we, you know, we went there, you know, uh, and all of a sudden we're told, I, I can't go in there with the our crew uh, uh, department heads because this, th those guys are worried we're going to see something that, we're doing that you know that they're, they're doing. doing yeah and i said but it's, this is tv versus a movie it's basketball which i had no idea what that was versus an episode of 90210 but it got kind of contentious and I, and either the my ad or the unit production manager kind of spoke with their ad or unit production manager and during a break they finally let us get in there to to scout that but it just seemed weird to me as if somehow Very. i could steal you know, whatever they're doing is something I would, would be applicable to a 902 right. episode. But that was just, you know, one of those weird, weird things that happened. And certainly not because basketball, I don't even know that anybody saw that movie besides me and you. <laughs> yeah, and I only saw him shooting a scene. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I wish I wish I was involved with Book of Mormon. So it's the same auspices. Sure. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah. But that was that was uh you know one of the other kind of memorable things. And then I saw there's a line that uh I was reminded that Ian says when he's waiting for this mystery woman to show up at the restaurant, there's some line about toxic broccoli funk or something. That was just something that he ad libbed that just the crew, it was all the crew could do to not laugh. Yeah. You know, <laughs> while we were rolling when he did that. And then after we, I said, God, he's going, where did that come from? You know, so that was kind of the fun stuff that always happened yeah. on the set. And watching it again reminded me of that moment. Amazing. Um, what I'll just ask you a couple more. What was it like working with Jason Priestley in that time period? So that I think might have been Jason's last year on the show, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. Yeah. And um, uh, you know, another you know, again, very welcoming. He was directing a lot by then, so he certainly understand understood the job I had to do. Um, and I you know found him you know just real pleasant to uh, to work with. Uh, yeah. And he certainly took his directing hat off while I was doing mine. He never said, "Well, I would, you know, I wouldn't do it that way." Right. I was wondering. He was, he was very respectful of the work. When you look back on this episode, first of all, does it, do you still? I feel that it still holds up. I'm curious to know what you think about it, looking at it all these years later. Yeah, I do. I, I think it probably would have been if we were doing it now. It would have been much heavier. You know, you can yeah. go deeper into those kind of things uh, than 22 years ago, which is hard to believe. It's mm -hmm. it's been that long. That would have been my only thing. I think probably with the, the Tori's characters, you know, uh, yeah. with addiction, it would have, it wouldn't have been, it would have been more complex, maybe the story. Sure. Story, but, but who knows? Yeah. Uh, looking back on your experience working on 90210, and I know you did some more, and I'd love to jump on those down the line with you about the few other ones that you did. Uh, what's your, what's your thoughts on working on the show? Uh, it, you know, it was a lot of fun. All of uh, the spelling shows were were very different, even though they were under Aaron's umbrella. They all, each one had a different feel. You know, Melrose compared to Nine Hundred Two One Zero compared to Seventh or or Charm kind of thing, which were the ones I directed. I obviously wrote other other and produced other shows for him, but just a, as a freelance director going in, 
um, if you know that group, it was you know very comfortable. And I would say one of the reasons why I ended up staying at the spelling organization for so long was uh, it was a really collegial kind of feel there and a real positive kind of thing. And and uh, there was something uh, as a director, especially when you freelance. There, were, when I went outside the spelling world to direct other things, uh, you always have to go in and kind of uh, prove yourself that first day when a new crew wonders, oh, what's our life going to be like for the next seven or eight days with this, right. this guest director? Um, and there was never any of that with, with uh, spellings shows. It was always uh, like a family from the very beginning. Um, so that I always appreciate. And that's probably why I did so many shows for them. It it, uh, it was easy for me, and in a way, it fostered uh, allowed me to be more creative and take more risks when you yeah. felt like everybody had your back. Um, yeah, and and they kind of would say to you, Aaron's thing always was the reason why you're here is because I want you to bring what you bring to the show. Mm. Uh, you know, don't hold back. And he goes, I'll let you know if I don't like something, and you know, he did on occasion, but it was pretty rare. Yeah. Very cool, Joel. Um, thank you for taking some time with me today to, to chat about this. And uh, let's dive into some more episodes as uh, we move forward. Cool. You bet. You got it. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit